the value of contribution. Um, that's what's built our church. It's what helped us get where we are today, this value of contributing. We can see it in the New Testament church. Many of the scriptures in the book of Acts, many of the references, is this church that started to form, not just Jewish, but then becoming Gentile and, and incredibly um, amazing what was happening over the period of first century. But this church was a contributing church. It was a church that contributed in many ways. And what I want to do with this message is show you the ways that we can all contribute and not one of them is financial. So all those who are thinking I'm going to give you a seven ways to contribute financially, you're going to be disappointed because all of these contributions don't even mention finances. So that's what I'm going to try and do. Is that okay? Who likes cats? Put your hand up if you're a cat lover. It's okay. It's not a crime. It's not a crime. Put your hand up if you love cats. Oh my goodness, there's way more than I thought. All right, all the dog lovers, hands up. Now, uh, you're in the right church. Which one, dogs or cats? I didn't say that. We have to coexist and we have to... (laughs) We have to accept that some people love cats and some people love dogs and some people just love animals. But this is a cat on the screen and his name is Sweetheart. Burmese cat. Does anyone know who this cat belongs to? I'll give you a clue. He's German. I'll give you another clue. He's a fashion designer. Who said it? Carl Lagerfeld, yeah, of course. This is Karl Lagerfeld's German designer. Actually, he's passed away now um, in 2019, but Karl Lagerfeld's cat is still alive, and someone had to inherit his 300 million euro wealth. And Karl Lagerfeld decided to give not all of it, but some of it to his beloved sweetheart. The trouble is, though, Karl Lagerfeld, though he was German and successful in his, in his endeavors, in his design and fashion and enterprise, um, lived in France, obviously, for his work related. And the law in France is, the law in France is you're not allowed to pass on your wealth to animals. <laughs> but because Karl Lagerfeld had smart people around him, and he was German, but in Germany, it's actually, there's no law, legal entity. Uh, the law in Germany won't restrict a wealthy person passing their wealth to their. So the truth is, it's better to live in Germany if you've got animals. <laughs> the point I'm making, though, is it's amazing what people will contribute to what they think is important. That's the spirit of what I'm trying to say. And he left, obviously, a large, significant amount of his money Uh, Not all of it, but some of it to his beloved cat, sweetheart. It's not uncommon for wealthy people to leave large amounts to their pets. One wealthy real estate owner left 12 million to her cat, who was called Trouble. (laughs) Why would you call your cat Trouble? Another German countess left her dog called Gunther IV 80 million euros making him one of the wealthiest animals in the world. One of the wealthiest dogs. Can I walk your dog? I don't know what I'm going to leave my dogs when I pass, but they'll probably pass before me, actually. (laughs) 
But you see, contribution is not strange. Contribution is something that we have and it's something that we give and it's something we release. So it shouldn't be a strange thing for anybody really because we will give to that which we love. We will release what we have to hopefully the things that we think is important. Some people think buildings are important. Some people think art foundations are important. Some people think animals are more important. Some people think saving the climate is more important. Everybody has something that helps them to release something. You tend to release the things that you believe in. And so we're talking about values for us as people of God. What's the values of God's people? Do we value the same things that our Heavenly Father values? And I really believe that's something we've got to literally keep in front of us to keep us effective and useful to the people of this world. And I really want to really talk about that. So God's people are the recipients of God's generosity through the person of Jesus. We've been left a lot through the person of Jesus. And Jesus didn't just die so we could all be saved. He rose again to lead us forevermore. So let us never forget that when someone passes and they leave an inheritance because they have legally been, you know, they've passed and it's a legal entity, which means that an inheritance is administered to whoever they choose to leave it to. My father has left um, um, some inheritance for me and my two brothers. And the good news is I just got found out that next week all of that will be completed because it's a legal uh, complication in the UK because my father was in the UK. But hopefully next week all of that's going to be um, resolved. But the point I'm making is that our Heavenly Father has provided inheritance for us. And Jesus is alive forever before the Father. Hebrews talks about this, the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews, about what he's doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you've got someone who is standing before the Father on your behalf. If you get discouraged, just get the picture. You know, if I ask people about, you know, what does values look like? If I ask you, what does the vision of the church look like? It's amazing how we'll get so many kind of like, well, probably hesitance first, because it's a question that's like, oh, I don't know. But if I asked you another question and say, draw me the vision, draw me the values, it'd be really even more interesting because straight away, if you draw it, see, my daughter, when she was nine years old, she used to draw a picture every week at school and bring it home. So it was me, it was Joyce, it was Isaac, and there was Leela, and there was a puppy dog. Every week I'd get the same drawing, but in a different way, but she was, it was always that order. So Papa, Mama, Isaac, Leela, dog. So I got the hint. <laughs> and went looking for a golden retriever and we found one called Pippo and brought him home and I never forgot her face. It was a picture. And it's one of those pictures, they're moments that you never forget. And now Pippo is 13 years old and my daughter is at uni in London. And I walk him, feed him, clean him, love him, <laughs> carry him, nurse him, take him everywhere. I just have to send a photo to my daughter. But the point I'm making is, is your values will be seen in your actions. Your values will be seen in your behavior. You really have to understand this. If you have values, you'll be able to see them in the way a person lives their life. So it's good to think this through because I think sometimes we don't think it through. We just maybe a bit too casual with it. If your actions are not coming from your values, then you're going to end up in difficulty. A lot of people make decisions not from their values. They make it because they're a people pleaser. 
Your values are over here. Your values are going to take you to this and yet you end up going over to this and you ask themselves, but your values are that. Why did you go to this? Because I felt sorry for the person or I felt this. Maybe the values are compassion. So maybe you could say that's okay. But I'm talking about when you make decisions that go away from your values. That's when you get into trouble. A lot of people end up being strivers in life is because they're trying to live values, someone else's values that are not their own. That's what striving is. When you're a striving person, you're living values that are not your own. You're trying to keep up with someone else's values. They're not my values. They're their values. But I'm going to try and keep up with their values. And that's called striving. And it will wear you out and even to the point of burnout exhaustion. As a church, you can't strive. That's the quickest way to kill the Holy Spirit over your life. The Holy Spirit can't reside with striving. Striving pushes away the Holy Spirit. Striving pushes away anything that's going to help you to be a better person. So choose not to be a striver by identifying your values. Amen? Very quiet in this. Incredibly handsome, young, educated, smart, going somewhere church. But what I want you to understand is try your best to think about making decisions from your values. In other words, once you've realized what values you have, it's amazing how it's a lot easier to make decisions that are actually going to take you somewhere. And everyone else gets beneficial because of you doing that. But you've got to remember, it's important we understand that sharing the same values will strengthen the effectiveness of our church. And really, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings alignment in values. Jesus is the head. We are the body. It's the Holy Spirit that brings alignment. Amen. So in other words, you don't have to live out of alignment with Jesus. You can live in alignment with him by allowing the Holy Spirit just to really help you stay aligned with heavenly values. Amen. So it's not rocket science. Obviously, we're not building a rocket. Buzz Lightyear's already been to the moon. Not Buzz Lightyear. That's, that's, a, that's a different... But uh, you know what I'm trying to say. We're just trying to help people move forward. So let me give you... Um, one verse to set the tone. I'm going to take an Old Testament. I usually always use the book of Acts. I use New Testament, but I'm going to use an Old Testament because the spirit of this contribution still exists today. Exodus chapter 35, verses 4 to 5. When Moses said to all the people, this is what the Lord has commanded, all of you who are willing. Everyone say willing. willing. All those with generous hearts may bring these offerings to Jehovah. And that was for building of the temple. So I love the word there. Even though this is Torah, Old Testament, there was a lot more of a, a stricter criteria here. There was still a spirit of willingness, a spirit of generosity that was given to people. Exodus 35, 20, it says this. So all the people went to their tents to prepare their gifts. Those whose hearts were stirred by God's Spirit returned with their offerings of materials for the tabernacle, its equipment, and for the holy garments. Both men and women came, all who were willing hearts. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, jewelry, earrings, rings from their fingers, necklaces, gold objects of every kind. Others brought blue, purple, and scarlet cloth made from the finest tweed linen on goat's hair, ram skin, dyed red, and especially treated goat skins. 
Others brought silver and bronze as their offerings to the Lord, and some brought acacia wood that was needed for construction. <laughs> it's so amazing to try and get a picture of what's going on. Now, this is obviously uh, thousands of years ago, and people are using these um, resources for the building of what was the first tabernacle. The one Moses got to build was more of a tent. Solomon's temple um, was a more of a, a sturdy construction that came generations later. But what I love again, the willingness, the stirring of hearts, bringing something. Everybody went away and decided, what am I going to do? How am I going to be a part of this? I love that this can be a part of the 21st century spirit-loving people in Jesus' name. Are we still willing to go to God about how we can contribute to His eternal work, to His promises, to the building of the church that will serve generations to come? Amen. Amen. And so we know in the Old Testament, they were building something that was physical, but it was pointing to something spiritual. The priest's robes were real, but today it's spiritual. Amen. And so we've got to remember and connect the dots. So let's go into some things about contribution today that maybe you haven't thought about, but maybe you're actually able to think about when it comes to contributions. So seven ways that we can contribute. Seven ways that you can contribute. Number one, contribute with your heart. Contribute with your heart. Amen. Contribute with your heart. What's your heart? Your physical heart? No, 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 no. Who you are is not just a physical heart. It's your, the Bible again defines it as, as it's the soul and the spirit. Your heart, the, 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 the thing that this makes you, you. Contribute with the integrity of who you are. You know, who are, are you one person on Sunday and a different person on Monday? Have your friends, they, they only see the party side of you? Or do they, your church friends only see the church side? I mean, what, what are you, a duplicit person? Living double lives? No one can sustain a duplicity, a, a double life. It's not sustainable. You've got to be you. If you're integrous today, why aren't you integrous tomorrow? If you're integrous in the house of God, you should be integrous at work. If you're integrous in marriage, you should be integrous in your relationships. If you're integrous on team, you should take that integrity into whatever relationship you find yourself in. Amen. And so what you've got to remember is contribute with your heart. The health of your heart affects everything. You know this, many of you, but let me read it again. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, every decision you make is coming from your heart. If your heart's bad, guess what your decisions are? If your heart's uh, cynical, guess what your decisions are? If your heart if your heart, if your heart is hard, guess what your decisions are? If your heart is joyous and full and light and free, guess what your decisions are? If your heart is wise, guess what your decisions are? So you can see the wisdom of God like, man, I need to take responsibility for my heart. Yes. Who are you going to let in? See, the challenge is, is we let the wrong people in and they hurt our heart. A wounded heart. An offended heart. An orphan's heart. It's really hard to love an orphan. It's hard to pastor an orphan because they just don't believe you love them. They don't believe they're lovable. 
And so it's a deeper work of the Spirit to get hard hearts, broken hearts back. But it's not impossible, amen. So what I need you to understand is, if you're going to contribute, just remember, contributing with your heart. Like, who are you? Is there anyone like you? If you think about Jules today, she's contributed to our church consistently for many years because of her heart. She's got a big heart. She's got a generous heart. Amen? And so many other people I could speak about in the room today. But let me say this. If your heart gets off to a certain degree, it affects everything to a certain degree. So slightly off, everything's slightly off. And that's the filter that we have to navigate life. And that's why you've got to remember, take responsibility for the condition of your heart. Why? Because it's going to help your future and it's going to help everyone around you. You've got a hard heart, you're in trouble. Oh, I just, want to, I just don't want to be on my own anymore. I just want to be with someone. Okay, be with someone. But if they haven't got a good heart, your dream will turn into a nightmare. Your fantasy of being with someone, oh, I just don't want to be on my own. Well, better to be on your own than wish. Amen. Better to be single than wish you were single. No one taking notes on that one. Don't be so needy and so desperate to figure everything out and just accept everything. If your heart gets hit, I'm telling you, it affects a lot of things. Children don't need to be raised with a broken heart because it's going to help hurt them. It's going to limit them. It doesn't mean that they're a prisoner to that. It just means it's going to affect them. Don't let that stuff get on you. But if you want to contribute to anything you're a part of, your heart is going to be a major player. What heart do you bring to the church? A wounded heart? A broken heart? A fearful heart? A negative heart? A uh, or a, a generous heart, a hopeful heart. I, I don't know what heart we all arrive with, but we don't have to stay with the same heart that we came with, amen? Good news is our hearts can be changed. Our hearts can be healed. Our hearts can be fed. Our hearts can be loved. Our hearts can be nurtured, amen? The presence of God is healing me in Jesus' name. Let the work start in me, Lord. I know sometimes people come in and, and, and they, I remember one person years ago when we first started church and I remember when I'd look over and I'd look around and I saw them and I went, ooh. Because every time I saw them, they were looking at us. And I was like, that's creepy. That's, ooh. But they weren't looking with, it wasn't a smile, it was a frown. I was like, oh. And every time I looked, I was like, Wow. And eventually got to talk and got to meet. And I was a bit, you know, hesitant, a bit guarded. Like, oh, what are they going to kill me? Or what are they going to do? Like, and, and I'm saying this, but some of you have no idea. Pioneer Church in Berlin isn't for the faint-hearted. I mean, I used to go in the foyer and someone would walk up to me. I don't like you. I'm like, well, I don't like you neither. <laughs> like, where are we going to go with this? I remember going out one time and someone came straight up to me after the service. And how much do you pay for this building? Well, I don't know. How much you pay for rent? Probably don't even pay close to what you pay for your apartment. I mean, it wasn't what I got taught in Bible's college to say, but you had to think on your feet in a city like this. It wasn't that they were probably trying to be unpleasant. The truth is, usually that unpleasantness is in them first. It comes from you. You know, if you're cynical, it's because there's something inside of you. If you're judgmental, it's because there's something inside of you. And I really hope you understand this. The heart of a person is such a game changer. 
My prayer is that your heart will be healed, your heart will be full, your heart will be joyous, your heart will be delighting in the things that God wants to do, amen? But let's be responsible for our hearts. Contribute with a healthy you. And do your best to get an environment of health that's going to build a healthy you in Jesus' name. Can anybody say amen? So this person that was looking at me scarily, if I told you who that person was today, they are the most beautiful, amazing friendliest person in our church still here today and I remember after coming up and a few years later saying I didn't trust you I didn't like you I didn't know what you were going to do I was like okay are you okay now yeah no I love you I love you I was like Jesus name amen and what I'm trying to say to you is is once you get to realize that God's working in all of us let's not be so quick to judge Because the truth is, we've all got a reason why we are the way we are sometimes. But we're willing to let our heart be soft before the Lord in Jesus' name. And if you stay in His presence, He can soften the hardest hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Look what God did with Paul. Paul was trying to get letters to persecute and even kill the church. He didn't like what they were doing. He's standing there one day and Timothy, not Timothy, uh, Uh, Stephen was preaching the Bible and preaching the Word of God and declaring and word for word recorded what he said in the book of Acts. They captured literally word for word if you want to know what Stephen said. And he was stoned to death. And Paul, who was known as Saul, was watching. I wonder what happened in him. Everything he is, I was supposed to become. Everything he's speaking, I know about, but he says it with freedom. I say it with law. And fear. The very next chapter, Saul becomes Paul, the greatest absolute influencer on the church outside of Jesus. Amen? Don't tell me that Stephen's can't turn the hearts of Paul's. That's what our church is. Our church is Stephen's that are living a kind of life that's going to make the hardest hearts softer in Jesus' name. That's what's on our church. Amen? Number two... Contribute with your words. Contribute with your words. Contribute with your heart. Contribute with your words. You can build a healthy atmosphere for the words you speak. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21. This is what it says. The lips of the righteous. Is it on the screen? The lips of the righteous. It's, it actually says many. Typo. Wasn't me because I got it right here. <laughs> but I forgive you. The leaps of the righteous feed man. <laughs> and all the men said, talking about food too early. Proverbs 10:21, godly people say things that help others. No, they like that one. The lips of the righteous feed many. All right, well done. Let's move on. The lips, uh, godly people say things that help others. Godly people say things that help others. Amen. Anyway, we all know what that says. Contribute with your words. What words are you speaking? Oh, I'm tired. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. You're 26 years of age. I'm tired. 
nothing wrong to say you're tired, but maybe at 11 at night or 2 in the morning or when you're 152 years of age. But come on. What comes out of your mouth? Uh, Listen, a good report is one of our values, and that is, yeah, reality is things are tough, but we, we actually acknowledge that God is greater and bigger than anything that's going on. Maybe the doctor's report is true, but God is bigger than the report that the doctors have given you in Jesus' name, amen. You've got to understand that the words you speak is the faith coming out of your mouth. If someone was hanging around you, would they be nourished by the words that come out of you? You know, and it's not about Bible bashing people. No one wants to be around a, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, sometimes silence is a way of helping. Presence is a profound, especially when it's difficult and painful and when things have gone wrong. It's better to to be quiet than to speak. But what I am generally saying is, is what are you speaking into the atmosphere? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking the words of God? You want to change the atmosphere, you've got to learn to speak the word of God. Amen. Amen. Because principalities and powers and rulers in high places don't listen to your thoughts. They actually can capture them. They can play with them. But it's the words you speak that they actually are repelled by. You can push back the prince of darkness in every part of the world in Jesus' name. Take authority over the prince of darkness over the Middle East. Don't think you can't speak that because there's more power in you than any dominion that's over any continent on the earth. You're saying, I have that power. What have you been given? Yes, you. Six-year-old young girl knows the name of Jesus is more powerful than the principalities that are over the Middle East causing chaos and division and hatred. I just came to church to take communion. This is so intense. Well, what did you give your life to Jesus for? To have a pity party? You didn't come to know Jesus to just be nice. Nice people don't change the world. Determined people change the world. It's just a bonus if you're nice. Jesus sometimes was not nice. And when it came to the principalities that kept people in bondage, he didn't play nice games with them. What's your name? Boom! He dealt with it in Jesus' name. Get out. Be healed. Move. Nothing about Jesus was lightweight and candy floss at all. And so we've got to learn to realize that what we've been given as an inheritance is powerful. Powerful. But you've got to practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Amen? Practice it. And you watch how you begin to see things begin to change. Principalities and powers have to respond to the authority of God's Word. That's why he said, put the armor of God on. Amen? Amen. Can we say amen to that? So come on, let's stir up our words. Let's get the Word of God coming out of our mouth. Stop praying the problem and start praying the answer in Jesus' name. Pray the Word of God and you watch. It's going to do something and it's going to open up doors that seem to be locked in Jesus' name. Number three, contribute with your passion. Contribute with your passion. I would rather be passionate than anything else. Passion and enthusiasm is not silent. It helps build a contagious atmosphere. Amen? People come in from the streets because of the passion in this room. They're curious, like, what's going on? I'm missing out. And they come to the front and the welcome home team say, come on, come on. 
They stand there looking. Oh my goodness, what's this? But what I am saying to you is passion, passion. You can contribute with your passion. What do you like when you turn up at 11 o'clock in the morning? Where's the coffee? (laughs) Passion, enthusiasm. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. As you serve the Lord, be enthusiastic about serving Him. Amen? Are you an enthusiastic person or just a cynical person? Even cynical people can be enthusiastic about being cynical. Whatever it is, you can excel in it. But just make that the enthusiasm you've got is for the right things. Amen? Be enthusiastic about what the Lord is doing. Be enthusiastic about the opportunity of serving God together. And I really believe that we can do that. Number four, contribute with your thinking. This is one of the biggest fights we have to fight. Be purposeful in having healthy thoughts about yourself and about others. It's amazing what goes on in the head of people. Have you ever been with someone and they say something? I can't believe I said that. I know why you said it. Because you were thinking it. Out of the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. Really? That's why you've got to have self-control about sometimes the way you speak. I wonder... I wonder if we spoke every thought, would we be in trouble? <laughs> look straight ahead, look at no one, nudge no one, just all the people online, would you be in trouble? But let me tell you, contribute with your thinking. What is your thinking? Is it healthy? It is wholesome? Is it pure? Is it positive? I really believe this is contribution that we maybe just forget about. I wonder if you can contribute with your thinking. Be purposeful with having healthy thoughts about yourself and about others. I mean, what are you even thinking right now? Me talking about thinking. Are you even here or are you somewhere else already? That's how easy it is. I'm hearing, but I'm not listening. But where's that coming from? That's something going on in you. And if you want to break this atmosphere of contribution so it's helpful, that's where you're going to have to take responsibility. And we're so distracted so easily today. But I'm telling you, if we want to win the other side of this, contribute with your thinking. Romans chapter uh, chapter 8, verses 5 to 6. All of these are references you can get a hold of. Go over yourself. Really nurture your own spirit with the Word of God. Amen. People who live... Following their sinful selves, think only about what they want. But those who live following the Spirit are thinking about what the Spirit wants them to do. If your thinking is controlled by your sinful self, there is a spiritual death. But if your thinking is controlled by the Spirit, there is life and peace. So again, here's a great reference to this battleground of what's happening with our thinking. What is causing that thinking? Where is it coming from? And if we think about what our thoughts can do, if we have a thought, do we play with the thought? Do we entertain the thought? Do we allow that thought to live and move in? And if you take a thought and live with it long enough, 
maybe a few hours, maybe a few weeks, maybe for years. Thoughts have an ability to turn into arguments. It was just a thought, but I actually believe this now. And eventually an argument will turn into a stronghold, what the Bible calls a stronghold. In other words, I don't just argue this. I don't even just believe this. I am living this. So you look at some of the lives that people are living. They're living out what started as a thought. It was just a thought. And now it's become a prison sentence. Now it's a stronghold. But let me tell you, there's a process. Thoughts. They can be stopped before they even grow into anything else. So you've got to learn to take thoughts, capture them in Jesus' name and say, I will not entertain them thoughts. So you have to, but this is the challenge with anything to do with this. You have to put thoughts in, not just say no to thoughts. No thoughts, no thoughts, no thoughts, no thoughts. I don't like that thought. That's a terrible thought. Oh my goodness, I just got so many bad thoughts. I'm having a bad day, bad month, bad year. It's not just about no, no, no. It's yes, yes, yes. You've got to learn to have the thoughts that are honorable, godly, noble, purposeful. So I say yes to this thought and I say no to them thoughts. And you start doing this, you'll realize it's crazy. It's a war zone. But this is where all of the chaos comes from, internal. That's the biggest battle you'll ever have to fight. Can you arrest your thoughts? Amen. Where do you think all the trouble in the world comes from? It all started with thoughts. Divide. This is mine. That's mine. That's not yours. We're going to take that without your permission. It's all thoughts. Before it's on the outside, it started on the inside. All right, so let's just think about that. Imagine if we as a community contributed with godly thoughts. Amen. If we build our marriages, godly thoughts, build our friendships, God. Now, I believe it's possible because God wouldn't ask her to do something and he wouldn't instruct us through Romans if it wasn't possible. So let the Spirit help you with your thoughts. Amen. And I really believe that's going to be worth fighting for because I just know on the other side of healthy thinking, do you want to be around people with negative thinking or do you want to be around people with healthy thoughts? We all know the answer. Amen. And so let's really think about that. How can we contribute with our thoughts? How would we like to contribute with our thoughts? Number five, contribute with unity. Unity takes effort and brings blessing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I think uh, someone just spoke on unity, I think, just recently. Was it Sheila? Or? Uh, Sheila's speaking tonight, actually, on another value on can-do spirit, amen? So you've got to come back for that. It's powerful. And it's always said better in Spanish. <laughs> but what I am saying to you is that this value of contribution through unity like, let, let me ask you a genuine question. Would you like to contribute to the unity of this house? Would you like to contribute to the unity of your family, the unity of your business, the unity of what? What is it that you know unity is better than divi division? 
I don't want to live in a divided team. I want to live in a united team. I don't want to play in a rugby team that's divided. I want to play in a rugby team that wants to win. I want to go to a church that's divided. I want to go to, I don't want to be in a relationship that's divided. I want, so obviously you can see it makes sense. Unity is better than division. But let me tell you, are we willing to contribute to the unity of the house? And unity can look different in different ways, but it's, it's something we've got to take effort. It's something that we've got to be intentional about. Unity could be, I'm going to turn up early because it's important. Unity is, I'm going to take care of the new believers because there seems to be so many lately. I think it's important. Unity is, I'm going to get involved in a team and help build a great atmosphere of faith for the kids and the young people. Young people. Unity is, I want to give, I want to serve, I want to be at half of the house. Unity, unity is a choice and a decision. Every one of us say, I want to contribute through a spirit of unity. Amen. And I'm telling you, watch what happens. It's not like the man with the mic's anything special. It's just that we are special people, but we choose unity over division. Amen? It's a conscious decision, and I really hope that you're being stirred in your heart today about this. Number six, contribute with your thankfulness. Oh my goodness, imagine if everybody, thank you, thank you, danke, danke, villain dank, villain dank. I mean, we walk around Berlin and I go, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. And I thought about it today, you know, when I said Morgan to a few people, when I'm walking the dogs, and like, everybody's just saying morning, morning, morning. I know it's morning. It's obvious it's morning. Why do we say the obvious? But it's polite. It's courteous. It's acknowledging each other. It's acknowledging it's morning. Schönen Abend. Good night. I'm practicing it all in Jesus' name. But listen to me. Contribute with thankfulness. If the thankfulness stops, the growing stops. Don't ever be a person that stops your thankfulness. Thankful for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for what I get to do. Thank you for the job. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the opportunity to play drums. And symbols. He's the symbol man for sure. Give him a symbol for Christmas. Oh my goodness. But listen, thankfulness. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for healing. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for blessing wombs. Thank you for blessing marriages. Thank you for blessing in Jesus' name. It's just a powerful thing that creates an atmosphere. First Thessalonians chapter 5, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always, well, do your best. <laughs> do your best in all seasons. Do your best to be thankful in Jesus' name. Now imagine if we cultivate a greater level of thankfulness. There's already a great level of thankfulness. Thankful people in the room, but think about all those who are learning, coming in after you, amen? All those who are new to faith. I learned thankfulness by being in the house of God. I didn't say thank you to anybody. Well, I did, yet. I did, I did, but it was selective thanks. Can anybody say amen? Yeah. Number seven, the last one, contribute with honor. Be a person who shows honor because it enables you to keep receiving. You know, one of the ways that you stop receiving is you stop honoring. Honor is the key to receiving. How do you keep receiving from God? Honor the Lord. How do you keep receiving from me? Honor Mark. How do you keep receiving from each other? Honor each other. Yeah. Honor, honor, honor is one of the most missing things you can imagine. If you're a father and you have children, one of the best ways you can raise great kids, honor the mother. 
because the kids will see it and it will, they will respond. You want to wreck your kids? Wreck your marriage. Wreck your wife. Speak unpleasant. Don't honor her. And I'll tell you, you'll do more harm to her, to yourself, and to your kids. And it's vice versa. If you're a wife and you have children, honor the husband. Because the kids are impacted by it. If you dishonor him, you mock him, ridicule him, criticize him, pull him down, always talk harsh about him. He's never good enough. Always, I'm telling you, the kids, they start to get impacted by it and it affects them and they start to think, God, dad's useless, dad's no. They never say it, but they think it. Thoughts again. You want to build your home? Build your life. You want the wisdom of God working in your life? It's going to open up doors that you could never imagine in Jesus' name. So this is where so much damage is done. Honor is one of the most powerful things you can do with your life. Honor the Lord. Keep yourself submitted to His Lordship, amen, and begin to honor Him, amen. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Honor God with your temple. Don't just use it for whatever you want. Well, I was hungry. I was desperate. I was needy. I was a little bit, you know. No, self-control. Show constraint. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. So let's read this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Brothers and sisters, continue to think, 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 think. If you want me to stop, just say, about what is good and worthy of praise. Think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. Think. It's a conscious decision in Jesus' name and I make no apologies talking to you about it today because if you get it, if you get it and you run with it, everything's going to change. Job done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.